TII item 325, October 24th, 2014, iOS 8.1 and Apple Pay. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. To start your free seven-day trial, visit lynda.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this song called Rust with my iPhone 4S using the GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Well, thank you, Jeff, for the music and folks. I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. also want to thank Lawrence for sending in the artwork for today's show. Lawrence wrote, Hi Rob, I thought you might like some fall New England color for your next episode. I took this photo the week of October 13th using the ProCam 2 app on the iPhone 5S. After editing a bit using the ProCam app, I then brightened up specific regions of the picture using the Snapseed app. The over app gave me the ability to give the photo your TII branding. Regards, Lawrence M. Well, Lawrence, thanks for sending in the artwork. And folks, you can see Lawrence's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 325, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device, that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, if the market spits up Apple and Android devices for their inability to meet business users' needs, RIM stands alone, or will. On January 30th, 2013, and the days that follow the BlackBerry 10 launch, as the company ready to embrace them, this is an unprecedented opportunity. As a result, 2013 could be an amazing year for RIM. Rob Enderly, CIO, 31st December 2012. Yes, at the end of 2012, Mr. Enderly was still thinking RIM had a chance. I could see thinking that, yeah, you know, in 2008, maybe even 2009. But the end of 2012? Yikes. Just saying. No new apps this week to give away in the promo giveaway segment. Sorry. Hey, if you're a dev with an app for sale, you just missed out on getting your app featured here. Oh, well. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please, please, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Apple had their quarterly report this week, and in that call, they reported $42.1 billion in revenue versus $37.5 billion in the year-ago quarter, quite an increase, and $37.4 billion last quarter. Total cash in hand, $155.52 billion. That was down $9.3 billion for the quarter from $164.5 billion. Uh, they generated $13.3 billion in cash flow and returned over $20 billion via dividends and share buybacks last quarter. So that's why there was the uh, drop there. They sold 39.3 million iPhones versus 33.8 million a year ago quarter and 35.2 million last quarter. Apple sold 12.3 million iPads versus 14.1 million a year ago quarter and 13.3 million last quarter. So decline on iPad sales, very big increase on iPhone sales. All iPods sold 2.6 million versus 3.5 million a year ago and 2.9 million last quarter. And the iPod touches sold percentage-wise was not given, but again, usually it's over half of that 2.6 million. Some miscellaneous notes from the call. The iPhone will be in 69 countries by the end of October, more than 115 countries by the end of December. 
Apple Pay is available and live as of what was then today on Monday when that call went live. And they gave a little yada yada on Apple Pay. Then they talk a little bit about Apple Watch. Tim Cook really got in the beginning, a lot of heavy marketing, more than um, financial stuff. It was very heavy marketing from Tim this time around. Uh, again, Apple Watch early 2015. Over 85 billion app downloads to date. 243 million iOS devices sold in the last 12 months. Starting the next quarterly report, iPod sales will be rolled in with Apple TV, accessories, and Beats headphones, and eventually Apple Watch as well. Which was surprising for the Apple Watch being in with the others. Tim was asked about this and said, for now, Apple Watch will be with other accessories, and maybe in the future they will change that. But for now, Apple does not want to give out too much info to competition about the Apple Watch. First question was about Apple Pay, so you can see where the analysts were interested. No questions about GTAT. Talking about the iPad, Tim does not see market saturation and wants to go iPad sales. Talked about first four years of sales versus first four for the iPhone and iPad sales being greater. So basically you're saying, yeah, if you look at the first four for the iPhone, the first four for the iPad sales were greater. I don't think that's an overly accurate, and I think it's a bit misleading. If you look at the fourth chart in the PDF that I put out in that post, uh, in if you go in the app, you'll see there's a post in there for the conference call. The call. Look at the PDF in there. Look at the fourth chart. That's the iPod sales, and they pretty much flatlined two years ago. If Apple truly wants to grow the iPad line, you might want to think about adding more than Touch ID in the color gold for the iPad Mini. Just saying. I actually went and I charted what I think is a valid comparison of the iPhone and iPad sales. What I did was I took a look at a total of four quarters of sales on a running movement. So every quarter, I looked four quarters back. And when you look at them together, uh, it's very clear that by the 11th and 12th quarter of iPad sales, they went flat. FYI, there are 18 quarters of sales so far, meaning for the past two years, sales are flat for the iPad. Uh, the iPhone, on the other hand, has not has been on sale for 31 quarters, and each and every quarter, the trailing full quarter sales always went up each quarter. Not once has there been a drop. The iPad had its first drop in the 13th quarter. For Tim Cook to get up there and say that iPad sales are better than any other Apple product in its first four years, I think it's misleading. Maybe, sure, in an aggregate number, it's greater. But when you actually look at a trend line, iPhone much better. Uh, again, if Apple really cares about iPad sales, they will need to do a bit more with regards to upgrades, especially on the iPad mini side. And if you look at the 18th quarter of sales and look back four quarters, the iPhone actually had sold more units for the four quarters at the 18 quarter mark point than the iPad has. So we really are now at a point where comparing the two product lines sales-wise, that the iPhone is starting to run away with unit sales. Okay, with that all said, Apple's numbers were very good, and unlike Google and others that kept missing their numbers in their quarterly reports this past couple weeks, Apple actually keeps exceeding on their numbers, generating lots of money, and, well, kicking butt and taking names, financially speaking, that is. And this time, Wall Street is actually rewarding them a little bit as Apple has hit new all-time highs this week. Congrats to Apple and, of course, to all of us that have Apple stock. Before we move on, I want to talk about GTAT a little bit here. And essentially, GTAT and Apple have come to an agreement. And that agreement is that GTAT can sell off their equipment to help pay back the debt they owe Apple. That's not good as far as the future goes for Sapphire on the iPhone. I think at this point we have to assume there will never be, or likely will not be for many years, if ever, Sapphire on the front of the iPhone for the glass. I think Apple did this experiment, didn't work out, put one company out of business, and Apple's just like, you know, better to cut bait and walk away at this point. So the agreement between Apple and GTAT is that they're going to go ahead and let GTAT sell off their equipment, 
and revenue they get from that will go to Apple to pay back the debt. So as far as Sapphire's future on the front screen of the iPhone, I think we can say at this point, stick a fork in it, it's DOA. I am sad about this. Maybe somewhere along the lines, Apple will find a company that can make transparent aluminum and put that on the front of the iPhone. But until that day, looks like we're going to be with Gorilla Glass, and that means we're going to still get broken iPhone screens. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. You were right. It does cost less to make the bigger iPhones. Nice call, Dr. John M. And Dr. John is talking about an article saying what I have said all along. It's harder to design and build a smartphone in a smaller package than it is in a larger, larger package. And that Apple's profits for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus will be greater than they were for the 5S and 5 when they were first released. I think the only thing surprising about this is that it was actually news. People found that surprising. I don't know why. But yeah, bigger package, easier to design and lay out a board. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. None of the AT&T stores in my area have an iPhone. The same is true of the Radio Shack stores. This is disappointing since I was looking forward to upgrading. I was sure underestimated the number of iPhone 6s and 6 Pluses that would be needed, regards Melissa. Well, that is because they are also launching all around the world so close together. Here is where the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus launched or will have launched just in the second half of October. Friday, October 17th, China, India, and Monaco. Thursday, October 23rd, Israel. Friday, October 24th, Czech Republic, French West Indies, Greenland, Malta, Poland, Reunion Islands, and South Africa. Thursday, October 30th, Bahrain and Kuwait. Friday, October 31st, Albania, yay! Uh, Bosnia, Croatia, Estonia, Greece, Guam, Hungary, Iceland, Kosovo, Latvia, Lithuania, Macau, Macedonia, Mexico, Moldova, Montenegro, Serbia, South Korea, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, Ukraine, and Thailand. As Apple said, they would have the iPhone out in 69 countries by the end of October and over 115 countries by the end of December. That is by far the quickest rollout ever for the iPhone, and that does mean you should expect shortages of the iPhones throughout the rest of 2014. It will likely be mid Q1 2015 before Apple finally comes close to hitting equilibrium with supply and demand. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I just wanted to tell you I finally, for the iPhone 6 Plus, have gotten my device. It's 64 gig, space gray, I got it today. I really, really love this thing. Words can't express the joy I'm feeling right now. It did take a while for me to get it here in Belize, but I got it. Looking forward to your next episode. Regards, Stefan M. from Belize. Stefan, thanks for that feedback. Thanks again to Linda for sponsoring this episode. If you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you'll get a free seven-day trial to their service. They offer over 2,000 high-quality video courses taught by industry experts. This is an all-you-can-eat for $25 a month subscription service with the best and highest quality video tutorials to teach you how to do everything you need to get ahead in your business or life, to take better photos, to learn how to start a new business or venture, like, say, learning how to program an iOS app, or to just beef up your current knowledge in one area of programming or using of apps. One thing I look forward to each week is the email from Linda listing some of the new tutorials available. This week, a couple jumped out at me. One is iCloud Essential Training. This is a two and a half hour video tutorial to help you create an iCloud account, register your computers and devices, set up services to sync your contacts, calendars, mail, photos, passwords, and more. Plus, there is an overview of iCloud Drive. There was also Coco with Swift Essential Training. Uh, and there is an in-app purchasing with iOS video for devs along with a couple of videos on Yosemite going uh, over new features and other capabilities for developers. Of course, there are many, many other video tutorials covering any major software you need to learn. Again, you don't have to be a developer. I mean, you're just someone that uses software. You use Keynote or Excel or FileMaker, whatever it is, they have a tutorial for any major software for you to learn how to use it better or just to learn how to use it, period. 
Linda is an all-you-can-eat monthly service. Watch anytime and as often as you like from your computer or iOS device. Yes, you can watch these on the go. And you don't need to take my word for the breadth and quality of their tutorials and service. You can check them out right now for yourself for free for seven days by going to lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. And you can check out the tutorials I just mentioned, plus many, many more. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this episode. And folks, if you have a favorite tutorial, let me know. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Morning, Rob. I wanted to ask you if it was safe to update to iOS 8.1. I am on 8.0 on iPhone 5. Also, would you recommend updating an iPad 2 to 8.1? The iPad 2 is currently running 7.1.2. Thanks. Regards. Jonah. Finally, I can say, release the hounds! Most reports coming in are very positive about iOS 8.1, at least more positive than any of the other iOS 8.xs out there. Not all perfect, but much better overall. And finally, an iOS update you can do. At least for the iPad 3rd gen and later, and the iPhones. Uh, per the iPad 2, that is one device I've kind of seen mixed reports on. So uh, if anyone has done the update to 8.1 on the iPad 2, let me know what your experiences were. But overall, I'd say don't release the hounds on that one. But for any other iOS device that you are not jailbroken on and don't need a jailbreak, then yes, release the hounds. Of course, before you do so, Make sure you read over my PDF in the TI app on how to prep for the upgrade to have minimal issues. If you tap on the PDF button in the TI app for the episodes, it is the third one listed, titled Recommended Update Procedure, and it is dated September 14th if you just want to look through the whole list. Wow, it took a long time to finally be able to really promote that. Now that iOS 8.1's out, yes, we can say, go ahead, update. Hi, Rob. I was having an issue with iTunes Wi-Fi syncing not working on iOS 8.0.2, which I believe someone else reported on one of the last couple of episodes. The day iOS 8.1 came out, I decided to take the risk and update right away, and it has fixed the Wi-Fi syncing issue for me. Everything else still works fine for me as it did with 8.0.2. Just thought I'd share my experience with you and the listeners. Sincerely, Ken in Lewisburg, North Carolina. Well, thank you, Ken. And I have heard from quite a few other people that were having issues with Bluetooth not working in their car with 8.0.2 or 8.0. And those issues have gone away. So, uh, again, if you are having issues with Bluetooth not working in your car, then you can go ahead and take a look at 8.1. Hey, Rob. Mike in Nebraska. Live in a small, tiny town of 5,000. My McDonald's here uh, does have Apple Pay. Uh, worked well. The update took about a half an hour. It's a small file, but it takes quite a while on OTA. It also fixed the bug I had with uh, Wi-Fi performance, so I really needed to do it right away. Love your show. Have a great day. Thanks, Rob. Bye-bye. Mike, thanks for that feedback. And the biggest update in 8.1 is the support for Apple Pay. Have to admit, I only tried it once this week at Walgreens, and it did not work for me. And no one at Walgreens had any clue what was going on. Trained for this, they were not. That said, most others are finding it worked very well for them. I will say it was very easy to set up. Uh, you use the camera to scan your credit card, and it pulls the info. Make sure you hold it steady with two hands. The first time I scanned it, it was not steady, and it doubled up my middle initial. Uh, after you manually type in the security code from the back of your card, uh, check all the info, and you will get a confirmation code from the bank to enter via email. Uh, it is pretty simple to set up and pretty darn quick. Uh, you know what? Uh, not using it is unacceptable. I'm going to be right back. All right, and I'm back. And with a strawberry banana fruit smoothie and a dipped cone, I went to the local McDonald's, and it was very easy to use. Uh, I did not say anything and, and even went into the McDonald's without my wallet, just my keys and my iPhone. I ordered my snacks and then uh, didn't say anything else to the guy behind the counter. 
a little light came on the NFC reader. I laid my iPhone down on it with my thumb on the Touch ID. It showed my credit card popped up on the screen and it showed it scanning my thumbprint and then it was done. Actually, it was much faster than how long it just took me to describe that. And uh, now I have a strawberry banana smoothie to enjoy. The dipped cone is long since devoured. So yes, definitely was an issue at my local Walgreens. One rumor about Apple Pay that came out this past week is that Apple is reportedly building a rewards program to boost Apple Pay. Uh, the rumor states that Apple would use iBeacons to alert you to in-store deals, which you only get if you pay with Apple Pay. Okay, I'm going to say this. This would be sort of a Bluetooth special. Oh, can't believe I went there. For others that don't know where there is, uh, yeah, I think Kmart in the early 80s and 90s. More on this in the future, if true. Hi, um, I got your app. I just started listening to you recently on the podcast, and I downloaded your recommendations for saving the battery. It's on my iPhone. It's downloaded, but I can't print it, so I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I downloaded it, but I... I can't get it to print, which I'd like it to do. Thank you. Okay, you had the older version of the TI app. If you go ahead and upgrade to the new version, you can now print into iOS 8 directly from the TII app. So, folks, make sure you upgrade the TII app to the latest version, and you will be able to print the PDFs right from inside the TII app on your iOS 8.x device. And once more, if you are at iOS 8.0 or 8.0.2, then you really should be upgrading to 8.1. 8.1 is the most stable of all the iOS 8 versions. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, you can still turn off the flashlight, but you have to raise the camera logo about halfway and then let it drop back down. Regards, Conrad F. Hi, Rob. Regarding the caller who's having phantom touches with the iPhone 6, I was having the same problem with my iPhone. I did some research and found this was caused by using a knockoff phone charger. As soon as I plug my phone in, it would start doing random touches on the phone. Switching to the Apple charger that came with the phone solved that problem. I have used my car's USB port to charge the phone without any problems, though. Hope that helps. Regards, Tim R. Hi, Rob. I'm forever dumbfounded whenever a new phone comes out at the reports of fast battery drain, which, after an update or maybe a full moon, goes away. I found the cause and solution, at least for some of my friends. The cause? A huge music library. They set up the new iPhone from iTunes backup. It takes a while for the music to transfer via iTunes Match. I think it's all done and done disconnect the cable the songs continue to transfer via wi-fi on battery solution do the setup when it's convenient and to leave the device connected until the transfer is complete hope this helps some people regards joe d thanks joe and tim and conrad for your feedback hi rob listening to episode 324 i can tell you're worked up over the waiting too long part of their announcement Right or wrong, it looks like it was simply the Mac Mini announcement. Probably not the best choice. In regards to Apple TV, I wonder if the next version will be more of an Apple iHome box. This would be a connected box that runs all the time and would be a control center for security, HVAC, lighting, and also that would uh, provide entertainment capabilities, including video presentation. I don't see them making a TV set, per se, uh, regards, Stacy S. Lancaster, PA. Hello, Rob. This is Ron in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I'd like to inquire about you keep saying that you wished the um, Apple would have reiterated the Apple TV, and I'm curious to know why. Last year, I had purchased one from the refurbished website when I was given a $50. Apple Card, and so I purchased the Apple TV, which I wasn't even really planning on getting, honestly, but I did, and I think it's a really great device. I actually use it every day now, so I'm curious to know why you keep saying that you wished Apple would upgrade 
the or create a new model of the Apple TV. Just wondering what it is you think that it is lacking in the current one. Also, I totally agree with what you said about um, Apple calling their last event the it's been way too long, what on earth was it that we were waiting too long for, if not the Apple TV? So anyhow, I enjoy your show a great deal. Appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Ron, good question. And, you know, per some of what Stacy said before you, it would be nice to see the next Apple TV more of a home box where it's controlling a lot of different devices. But there's also rumors that the next Apple TV box would also be a gaming system with controls so you're going to be able to have remote controls that would work with it and then there's been rumors that it'd be a dvr but i really don't see that ever happening i think uh too many legal issues and just conflicts with with uh itunes store but yeah i don't i don't see the dvr but i do see a gaming system coming out of it and it would be nice to see that it would also be nice to see it have an app store and also to have better controls and siri control to better remote so there's a lot of things they could do to improve it. I, I do agree right now. It's a very nice device. I enjoy it. I use it all the time. And uh, I think Apple has a, a great product for the price. But I would like to see a better product. And it's been two years. And I think in two years they can do a better product. Hopefully it's not three years before they have an update. But in a nutshell, I'm just looking for something new, something better. We are now well over 1,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for all the great posts. There's really, really a lot of posts in that community for this type of product. With You consider there's no spam in the community, and there's no Android fanboys, and it's just a lot of great content in there. So thanks, everyone. One new post in the Google Plus community this past week came from Kevin Beecher. He asked, quote, Hi all, I updated to iOS 8.1 today, and under the health app, the glucose record has disappeared. Anyone had the same issue? Unquote. And thanks to Herbert Saxman, who found a link on Apple's site explaining why this did happen. Essentially, the reason Apple pulled this was because of how blood glucose is measured in different countries. Milligrams per deciliter versus millimoles per liter. And there was an issue with some devices, how they worked with HealthKit. So to prevent any confusion and possible bad things leading to major lawsuits, Apple pulled that feature for now, but is working on a fix and will update shortly. Thanks, Kevin, for asking, and thanks, Herbert, for finding the link. And that's at support.apple.com slash kb slash ht6533. And if you want that link, just email me and I'll send it to you. And this past week, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android boys free zone, as I mentioned, and a spammer free zone, as I also mentioned. Yup, it's the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 1,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. One very new feature introduced with the iPad 2 that Apple did not even mention in their keynote is a pre-installed data-only SIM that will allow you to change carriers on the go. In the U.S., it allows you to go between AT&T, Sprint, and T-Mobile. That means not having to decide which iPad to get and not just being free to move from one to the other, but being able to do it at any time, no need to buy another SIM card, one SIM card that comes with the iPad, and that is it. Some articles, however, take this a little too far, and they went overboard with this, saying that this was the first step before Apple does the same thing for the iPhone, but there is a difference between a data-only offering and ones for voice and data. Don't expect this anytime soon for the iPhone. And speaking of something that was not mentioned about the iPad and the Keynote, the iPad 2 has 2 gig of RAM. This is confirmed by iFixit and their teardown. It also has a small battery. The iPad Air 1 was an 8827 milliamp hour battery. The iPad 2 is only a 7340 milliamp hour battery. Benchmark tests show it is a 3-core CPU running at 1.5 gigahertz. The single core speed is the best of any iOS device and for that matter, is uh, the multi-core score is the best, of, not just of any iOS device, but the best of any tablet or smartphone. 
Yep, the new iPad Air 2 in the benchmark tests out so far destroys all other iOS and Android devices out there. If you are holding off for a new iPad, the iPad Air 2 will not disappoint. Last year, it was kind of hard to pick which iPad to recommend. This year, it's very easy. iPad Air 2 is the iPad to pick if you want the best tablet out there. That all said, if you did buy a new iPad last year or the year before, or even the year before that, it will still be tough to justify updating now. Not unless you need to use your iPad for work and do video and image editing, then yeah, move up. But likely, if you do that, you have a MacBook Pro and you're all set anyway. Again, tough to recommend as an upgrade to a recent iPad, but if you are in need of a new app, a tablet or iPad, then the iPad Air 2 will serve you well for many, many years into the future. However, if you're just looking for something for the kids to play Minecraft or Clash of Clans on, yeah, that'd be the $249 iPad Mini, and that'll do just fine for those kiddos. I want to point out a short guide from Johnny Evans over at Computer World titled An Easy Guide to Apple iMessage Troubleshooting. If now that you've updated iOS 8.1 and you have multiple iOS devices and all of a sudden some devices are getting messages for different accounts that they never got messages for before and should not be getting messages for and the ones that should be getting messages aren't, you want to check out this guide. It also goes over setting up the SMS relay feature. I know in my household, we had all kinds of messages going all over the place. I had to get all the devices together and then start removing different accounts from each one until they had just the accounts I wanted for each one. Look for the link in the show notes for episode 325 for this article, or wherever it is that you check the show notes from. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Why do you think they did this? Regards Dr. John M. What Dr. John is talking about is Microsoft and why did they kill off the Nokia brand for cell phones? My thoughts are in Microsoft's mind, their brand is bigger than the Nokia brand. And well, I'd agree with that. Plus, Nokia's brand really has come over the past 10 plus years to mean low cost, high quantity, low quality. You know, that's pretty much how you can describe most Nokia phones. That, to me, would be something Microsoft would not want to keep on pushing forward, not as they are now trying to copy Apple's business model. Plus, there is still Nokia out there selling other equipment and products, so better to bring the brand control 100% under Microsoft's control by, well, getting rid of that part that they don't have control of. Makes sense long-term. A little surprised it happened this quickly, but not shocked. A little podcasting and iOS versus Android news, finally ran the numbers for downloads from September. And for mobile downloads, the ratio was 6.2 to 1, iOS versus Android, for downloads for all podcasts across Libsyn, not just today in iOS, but all podcasts, all 20,000 plus podcasts that host on Libsyn. The ratio was 6.2 to 1 iOS to Android. That ratio was high, was really, that's the highest it's been in a couple of years. And I expect October to be even higher as it'll be the first full month with the podcast app being native for iOS 8. Hi, Rob. This is Hector from Harvard, New York. Yeah, I just got a quick tip for everybody. I don't know if everyone knows about this yet, but I found that on the iPhone 6, and I assuming the iPhone 6 Plus is going to do it too, with iOS 8, if you double tap the home button, not actually push the button, but just basically touch it twice, it'll take the screen and lower it down so you have easy access to the icons that are so high up that your hand cannot reach. It only lasts for about 15 or 20 seconds, so if you don't do anything, it'll put the screen back to normal. But I figure if anybody doesn't know about it, they should know because it's pretty handy. Just double tap the button, don't push it down, just touch it twice in a row, and you'll see the magic. All right? Thank you. Keep up the good work. Hey, Rob. This is Hector again. I just found out that that tip that I sent you a moment ago about the double tap and the home button also works inside of the apps. So if you have something you can't reach when you're using the phone one-handed and inside a particular app like the voice memo 
they can double tap that button and the screen will come down and you'll be able to work with the top of the particular application. All right, I hope that helps everyone. Hector, thanks for that feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I just discovered a new feature when you click the share icon. It should be easy to discover the ability to add share options by scrolling left and clicking more. But did you know that you can click and hold a share option to rearrange their order? That's super useful. I discovered it when I was adding the new Any Post App Share button. Also happy about that. Same thing works for the lower row, uh, the add a bookmark and copy, etc. Also, I've been wanting to share a new favorite feature in iOS 8. Now that third-party podcast apps can have 30-second forward and rewind in the lock screen, I love that. It was one thing that Apple-branded podcast app had as an advantage over others. It now works with Downcast. Regards, Tracy in Nashville. Thanks, Tracy. Hi, Rob. I had to recently perform a full restore of my 5S, and when I did the restore from an iCloud backup, I was missing artwork for some of my music. What fixed the issue was removing all music from the device and then syncing all my music across from iTunes on my PC. Hope that helps someone else. Regards, Steve in Brisbane. Thank you, Steve. Hi, Rob. I found myself at the Genius Bar earlier today, so I thought I'd ask, and this is what I found out about the batteries in the iPhone 6 Plus, and I presume the other iPhones as well. They will indeed last longer if we let the charge go all the way down occasionally, as opposed to keeping it plugged in almost constantly and charging it over and over and over when it's still at 90% and such. However, the more powerful charger will not shorten the battery life compared to using the one that is shipped with them. So it's safe to charge your device faster this way. Regards, Dr. John M. Thank you, Dr. John. Hi, Rob. I am curious if you have received your SOS charger. I also invested in this Kickstarter project, and I keep asking them about when I'll receive mine, and I get the same silly note back that they are working to get the orders out. So just wondering if you've gotten yours, and if so, what you thought about it. Regards, Beth L. Nope, not yet. I did send them an email asking if I could get it early so I could review it on the show so that people would be able to hear how it worked so that they can go and order it from the different stores that are out there for the holiday season. No soup for me. Uh, at least not yet, as that email and request didn't seem to help at all. From what I can gather... They're just working their way through based on your order number, which if you go into and you see your projects you previously backed, you can see which number you were as far as which person you were in, in the pecking order. And I'm like 1,300 or something like that. And I think they're still working through the first 500. Yeah, it's taken them quite some time to ship those out. Hey, Rob Gunner from Chicago. Hey, I'm having a Bluetooth issue. I might use the Jabra Classic. Uh, Bluetooth, which is awesome because you can listen to uh, music or podcasts, audiobooks in the earpiece. And the other cool thing is I can sync it between two phones. My work phone and my personal phone. So anyway, when iOS 8 launched, for whatever reason, it stopped doing that. It became really annoying because I would actually, if it synced with the wrong phone, I'd have to go into both phones, forget the Bluetooth device, and resync it every time it's kind of fun. Um, I thought well, maybe it's an iOS 8 issue. Went back, dug up my old uh, earpiece, which was a Jabra Extreme. That worked fine. I could, it did everything that the old one did. Went out and bought a new Jabra Classic, and it uh, all of a sudden stopped doing it too, the new one. So I don't know if it's an issue with this Bluetooth or if there's a workaround around it. Also, how do you, how do you hand off? I know when I, I always say it originally launched, I can answer my one phone on my other phone. I can't figure out how to turn that back on. I somehow turned it off. My work phone is a 4S from Sprint. My personal is a 5S from AT&T. Thanks for all you do, Rob. Thanks for the community and everything. Have a great day, my friend. Gunnar, one of the things I would suggest first off is that you update to iOS 8.1. That should solve some of your Bluetooth issues. There were some definite Bluetooth issues with 8.0.2 if that's what you were using. So please update to 8.1. Let us know if you're still having those Bluetooth issues. As far as setting up the devices so that when it rings on your iPhone, it also goes over to your iPad, 
you need to check messages uh, and FaceTime and make sure you have the devices using the same accounts and it should just ring it over. Just make sure you have messages and iMessages and FaceTime set up so that they work together with the same accounts on the multiple devices. And check that article I mentioned earlier from Johnny Evans about getting iMessages set up. On episode 323, I mentioned the Snap 6 on Kickstarter. And that's an iPhone 6 case with a physical shutter button for the camera. Well, they hit their stretch goal, and now they're making a version for the iPhone 6 Plus. You have only until Wednesday, October 29th at 11 p.m. Central Time if you want in on this one. Search for Snap 6 in the show notes for episode 325. Hi, Rob. Here is a Kickstarter project for the iPhone 6 called the Jimmy Case. Is there any point or definitely less of one now for these with Apple Pay, right? Regards, Michael. Hi, Michael. Thanks for the heads up on this one. And actually, I think there is more of a need for this. And what the Jimmy Case is, is a wallet slash case for your iPhone 6. And why I think there is more of a need is that with the ability to put multiple credit cards and loyalty cards on your iPhone and with Apple Pay, there is less and less need for just a wallet. But you still need to carry cash and maybe you need to carry that gym membership card if for no other reason than to put it in the door of the locker so you can get your key out. Plus, uh, you still need to carry your driver's license. So being able to carry those last few cards, your ID and cash, uh, in the case of your iPhone, uh, that's pretty good because it eliminates the need for that bulge in your pants, also known as your wallet. Per the Jimmy case, they had a modest goal of 5K and are over 7K, so this one is funded. You have until Tuesday, November 4th at 1.58 a.m. Central Time to fund it. Pricing for the Jimmy case is $25. The description is, quote, iPhone 6 stretchy wallet case by Jimmy case. Elastic pocket, genuine mahogany wood core and silicon bumper handmade in Los Angeles, unquote. Search for Jimmy Case, one word spelled J-I-M-M-Y-C-A-S-E at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 325. I received the XP print server from Electronics that was sent to me to test out and it allows you to print from any iOS device to any USB printer. And I was going to have a review for you this week on that, but those darn royals in the World Series, so... I'm going to go over it on the next show. Plus, I need to go and buy some ink for my USB printer. But some had asked about a good way to print from an iOS device, and the XPrint server from Electronics is a great way to make any of your current printers iOS compatible. Also, uh, I just on this past Saturday, finally got my wife set up on the iPhone 5S, so got that unlocked from AT&T, and it's now working on T-Mobile. And this is really going to be for her, the uh, electronics printer, because, well, I'll explain that in the next episode, the printer that we're hooking it up to. But yes, my wife is using an iPhone. She finally gave up her BlackBerry. I know, the guy with the first podcast about the iPhone took seven and a half years to get his wife to give up her tactile keyboard for an iPhone. Per how she's doing, let's just say she's not the best with change. I'll leave it at that. She is also not the most gentle with her phones, so really, I was not pushing too hard for her to switch over, but I did just get the Rhino Shield for the 5S to put on her phone to go along with the ballistic uh, case that I have for it. That combo, knock on wood, hopefully be enough to keep her iPhone 5S safe, uh, or at least safer. Sadly, I do not have the iPhone 6 Plus case yet to report on. I was hoping to get an iPhone 6 case from a few different people. And you know what they wound up doing? They sent me 6s. I don't know why I checked all my emails. I said 6 plus. Uh, Except for one person that actually sent me the 5S case. Okay, whatever. So eventually one of these companies is going to get around to sending me a good 6 plus case that I can review on the show. Hopefully. Now that I can finally recommend iOS 8, it's time to start mentioning some articles that will help you get more out of iOS 8. 
One is an article I really like from techblog.tv, which is titled Full List of Siri Commands. First up, it goes over how to define some relationships, like what you want Siri to call you, such as call me Rob, or call me Supreme Galactic Overlord, or call me your daddy. But I think I'll stick with call me Rob. That's fine for me. You can tell Siri who your relatives are. My brother is yada yada. My boss's name is yada yada. My husband is yada yada, and so on. You can ask Siri to search contacts or make a phone call or a FaceTime call. As you learned recently, you can even have Siri send a tweet and much, much, much more. Look for the link titled Full List of Siri Commands in the show notes for episode 325. And this list has been updated for the new Siri commands for iOS 8 because this was a previous list that I used to go to. Hi, Rob. Here is an article about changing out the native keyboard on iOS 8. Since many millions will be considering doing this, I thought I'd pass along to you and wonder what keyboards your listeners have opted for and what feedback they can provide about the various keyboard replacement options. Also, I'd appreciate your opinion about concerns over privacy and security compromised by using a third-party keyboard Seems that by opting to replace the native keyboard, you are agreeing to allow third-party developers to access everything you type on their keyboard, including credit card numbers, passwords, etc. Your thoughts, regards, Dr. John M. Well, thanks, Dr. John, for this article, which is titled, iOS 8 lets you replace your keyboard, here's how. This is one I sat on for a bit, just waiting for this episode where I can finally say that yes, iOS 8, release the hounds. And that time is now, of course, and one of the best new features in iOS 8 is the ability to add in third-party keyboards. But as Dr. John mentioned, that new feature comes with this warning as you go to install a new keyboard. Quote, allow full access for yada yada keyboards. Full access allows the developer of this keyboard to transmit anything you type, including things you have previously typed with this keyboard. This could include sensitive information such as your credit card number or street address, unquote. And then a don't allow or allow option. Yikes! Does that sound ominous or what? So you are faced with a decision. Better keyboard and less privacy, or almost no privacy, or more privacy, and just a stock keyboard. If your phone is for work, you may want to check with your IT department before you install that third-party keyboard, especially if you deal with any sensitive information at work. The good news is, in iOS 8, the stock keyboard now gives suggested words above the keyboard. Some people have reported not seeing this, and if you are one not seeing this, at the top of the keyboard, in the center, you should see a little white line uh, right above the T and the YK. Swipe up on that to see the predictive word selection. If you get good at using that, you will see your typing times really increase. But for those looking to try out a third-party keyboard, the article goes over SwiftKey, which is free, Swipe and Fleshy, which uh, both are buck, and Minim, which is $4. Great article, Dr. John, and thanks for the heads up on that one. And folks, let me know which third-party keyboards that you have settled in on now that iOS 8 is finally up to prime time. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hey, Rob, this is Justin from Pennsylvania. I'm talking, I want to talk about a bug and a feature I hope to see in iOS 8 coming up. This bug that's most interesting is when you pull down for Spotlight, um, the keyboard won't come up. Let it be the third party. I even had it with the first party predicted keyboard because I don't know if people know, but you can move your keyboard around so that if you like a third party keyboard better than the original, you can actually make it your first one by going into keyboards, hit edit, and then there's those three lines that allow you to drag up and down. So you could do that. We'll say for anyone, but that's I actually put um, my Swift, the Swift key first because I do prefer it. The other the feature I'd like to see is I like for them to offer an allowance for you to do use your third party keyboard at the lock screen. If you have a passcode on, you can't use the third party keyboards for the quick reply. 
um, when you swipe to the left, you have to use the Apple keyboard. I know it's a security feature, but I would like to, how they let you do things like allow things to use Touch ID, I'd like for them to have that same option to allow to work in the lock screen. Um, that would be the feature I would love to see. I don't expect it, but I want to get rid of the third part. I really want to get rid of Apple's keyboard. I don't like it, and um, I haven't liked it, mostly because it doesn't let you know when things are uppercase or lowercase. It's just it's annoying. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate the show and um, like to hear from other people, bugs and things they'd like to see. Thanks, Rob. I love the show. Have a great day. Justin, thanks for that feedback. Hi, Rob. First, your comments on Ben the Gate were awesome. Amazing what happens when non-geekies try to interpret numbers. It's just physics, people. And I have a right to say that because I'm actually studying physics. Anyway, great tip on putting the phone in your pocket the other way. I don't plan to upgrade as my iPad needs an upgrade more. A new battery in my 5 will most, almost turn it into a brand new phone, though I wonder if there are any non-visual ways to tell if your phone was accidentally bent. Hmm. I just installed iOS 8 last week and have a question. Have you found difficulties getting Hey Siri to work when your phone is in the dock? I usually dock my phone to charge it, and that was disappointed when Siri didn't answer me from across the room. I have an adapter connected to my dock, and my iPhone is sitting in the in the desk in an OtterBox commuter case. Feature seems to work fine when plugged into a regular power outlet and still having the case on, so I'm not sure what variable is at work here. Inverse square law can't be that difficult here as I'm only talking a dorm room separator separation. Thanks for all the awesome iOS 8 advice. Can't wait for iOS 8.1 and some of those bugs to be squashed. Regards, Chelsea. Well, Chelsea, depending on what you have it plugged into, if it's a third-party, non-approved Apple dock station, that could be taking down the ability for it because Apple needs to really think it is truly being charged. So... If it's not an authorized Apple charging lightning dock, that might be why you're not doing that. As you mentioned, if you just have it plugged in to the regular one, it is working. So that seems to be the most likely reason why Hey Siri isn't working for you. But it, yeah, it should hear you from anywhere in the room or even when someone's playing a podcast on uh, a laptop and your phone is plugged in near it. Kia ora, Rob. Been listening for a while now and love the show. I'm getting fiber installed at the home soon and was wondering what feedback, good or bad, you and fellow listeners can give about Apple Airport Extreme. My main concern is the lack of proper firewall as it will be connected directly to the internet. Any help appreciated. Regards, Nigel Wellington, New Zealand. Well, Nigel... I'm going to throw that one out to the audience. If anyone has any recommendations, suggestions, concerns for Nigel, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. Are you aware of any reasons why when I set up a photo library and iCloud on my iPad, approximately 100 of my pictures that appear on my iPhone do not appear on my iPad? Also, is it possible to import Faces albums from iPhoto on the Mac to my iOS devices? Thanks. Jonathan from New Orleans. Jonathan, I do not know why 100 of your pictures that appear on your iPhone do not appear on the iPad. The only question I would ask is how were those pictures created? Were they created with your iOS device or did you import them in from some other program? How did you get in? And uh, the Faces album, I've never tried that, but you should be able to set it up as an album, so it should sync. I, again, I haven't tried that. If anyone has tried uh, setting up a Faces album on a Mac and have gotten that to transfer over on the iOS device, let us know. Uh, either way, for Jonathan's questions there, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG, or send the email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. This is Ron Lackfor from Hubbard, Ohio. This one lets you know I downloaded iOS uh, 8.1 today, and uh, it's working better than the uh, previous version. And finally, uh, with my iPod Touch, I'm no longer experiencing issues such as uh, numbers not not being able to fully load into the system, which was a problem, and also um, 
not uh, being able to put my music on my iPod Touch. Still see some problems with Facebook being unstable, but that could be Facebook's fault. And other things that I've seen is uh, copy and paste uh, still do not work correctly. Uh, it will go and oftentimes uh, take the previous thing that you copied and uh, paste out instead of the thing you just uh, told it to copy and from, one, from a, one application to another. So far, so good. Uh, things are a lot better. Um, I was stuck in a situation where I could not load my music onto my iPod Touch. And finally, uh, iTunes is allowing that to happen again. All right. And uh, that's what I got with it so far with iOS 8.1. Last year, we had to wait until this year to finally jailbreak, but this year, it looks like we will not need to wait until next year to jailbreak or even next month, although you should wait until next month, really. When Pangu released the jailbreak earlier this week, initially, they caught everyone off guard, including, it seems, Surik at Cydia, as that was not ready for iOS 8, but that has been updated, and Cydia is now iOS 8 ready. Now, the bad news, if you're on a Mac, no soup for you, as the jailbreak tools are just available for Windows users right now. Well, at least right now. I really don't want to get into this more at this time. As always, I'll say, wait a couple of weeks on this. Usually, new jailbreaks tend to get multiple updates right away. If you are on iOS 7.1.2 and jailbroken, wait. Stay away. Stay right where you are. If you are on iOS 8.1 and not jailbroken, first figure out all you like about iOS 8.1, and then in a couple of weeks, think about jailbreaking. More on this on future episodes. And if you did jailbreak, what issues are you having, if any? Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Per the October 16th event tagline, it's been way too long. I like to think it referred to the long-awaited Mac Mini upgrade and not the Apple TV. Not very important to you, I guess but very important to me, and hey, that's what counts after all. Thanks for the show, and best regards, Nick T. Fair point. It's not just about iOS. I know there's quite a few people that do the Mac Mini for developing for iOS. So wait, yes, it is all about iOS. Hi, Rob. This is Robert in San Diego. I wanted to get out there something that I've noticed with the iOS 8 upgrade that I did last week. Overall, it seems to be working okay for me, but there is one problem that's a major one for me, and that is that iAudition doesn't work in iOS 8. I'm not able to create any recordings or export them out. I use this as a way of keeping in contact with other people in my family, so that's kind of a downer. The plus is I have another phone iPhone that has the older iOS on it, so an older version of the system that is compatible. And I heard on the show last week that it's possible to upgrade or downgrade to the other operating system if anybody runs into the same problem, but I think I'm going to just stay where I am. I think the reason why it's not working is they added that functionality to the messaging to be able to send audio clips. And I'm thinking that it may have used the area that the iAudition calls for its programming to be able to record. So it's possible that other recording applications may have problems too, but I don't know about that. I can only tell you that iAudition does have a problem. It's too bad because it's a good program in general to record files, audio messages, and send them out. Thanks a lot. Hi, Robert. There's a lot of apps that have been negatively impacted by iOS 8, but if you want a good recording app that does work with iOS 8, the best recording app, in my opinion, on the iOS platform is Boss Jock, bar none. So take a look for Boss Jock. It is $10.00 but it is well worth the money, especially if you're a podcaster or just someone that needs to do a lot of audio recording and send it out. You can send it out via FTP, to Dropbox, to email. Great app, lets you export in a lot of different formats. Anyway, Boss Jock, check it out in the iTunes App Store. Hi, this is Robert in San Diego, and I just wanted to get out there that it looks like the AT&T ordering is 
quite a bit behind the other companies. I have ordered an iPhone 6 Plus in the space gray, and it looks like for me that my expected shipment date isn't until November 9th to November 27th, 2014. So that seems to be quite a bit behind everybody else that's ordering on the show. The other thing I wanted to say is I did the iPhone 4S trade-in for the $200 for AT&T. But the bad part about it now is I have to use my old iPhone 3GS. I believe that's the model. And it's quite a bit behind my other phone. I don't have any Siri or I don't have the ability to, the maps aren't on that phone, so that if I need to find an address and have the phone take me there, I don't have any of that, so it looks like it's going to be a tough wait here until November. If anyone's considering getting an iPhone 6 Plus, you may want to consider that AT&T seems to be behind everybody else in the wait times. Thanks a lot. Robert, what I would suggest if there's an Apple store nearby is first you check with AT&T to see if you can confirm that if you do get an iPhone from the Apple store, that you can go ahead then and cancel the order you have with AT&T. So check on that, but then go and check at the Apple store. Go online, check to see if there's any available, uh, or just show up each morning and see if you can get one that way. But yeah, it does look like AT&T definitely had the longest lead times. And uh, let us know if when you get your iPhone, how long it took for you to get it. Because I know this was email was actually sent in, in in early October, but sounds like you actually placed an order back in September. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. And if you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a free seven-day trial. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring the show and for the free offer. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback, say, with the Boss Jock app, and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app or product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I am Always looking for new artwork to feature on the show. If you've created an iOS device, just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And finally, there is the new update to the TI app, and it is now free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. And by the way, if you want to make sure you're getting the push messages, go in, look for notifications, and make sure it's not set for banner, but it's set for alert. So you want the third option not the middle option. I think by default, iOS is changing everything to that banner option. You want to change it to alert, and that will give you a true message. And also, then go down to TII and see if you have the volume and set up. So check it out. A couple people said they weren't getting it, but what it turned out when they checked their settings, they just didn't have their settings right. So make sure you get that right. Again, go right now and download the TII app. And that's going to be it for us today. Uh, Until the next time. I'm your host, Rob, from Today on iOS, reminding you to phone different. Go Royals. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today on iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.
Thank you.